The Animaniacs are back and on Hulu. Lots of stuff to talk about from the first episode. It's a cartoon that's been off the air for 22 years. It centers around Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, the Warner Brothers and sister, who are normally locked in the WB Tower. On today's episode, we'll also dab into the history of what led to the reboot. Yes, in 1993, the series premiered on Fox, and uh, they ordered 65 episodes because it was an immediate success. And then after that, it moved to the WB um, for the Saturday morning time slot. We've done two WB shows in a row now because Supernatural originally aired on the WB. Yeah, but this was for like earlier on in the day, Mm -hmm. which is uh, geared towards children. And it aired from 1995 to 1998, um, where people say it was canceled because it kind of lost some of its adult audience that it gained when it was in its prime time on Fox. Yeah, I kind of wrote off the series as a kid because I thought it looked too corny, Mm -hmm. but... Now watching it, I realize that it's definitely an adult-themed show. And that's kind of my first question I wanted to know. Uh, does this show work on itself as a children's show? Because every single place I read... By itself? Yeah, no. by itself. Not, not... Well, I mean, <laughs> if you're an adult, you'll get way more out of this show because there are so many jokes about modern-day culture mm-hmm. that you just wouldn't understand as a kid. Obviously, you would still like it as a kid because there's hijinks and physical comedy and... I guess as you grow up, you would learn what some of those other jokes are, but but it just works so well for adults right now. I think it's one of those shows that was brought back specifically to gain that community. Yeah, and that's kind of what the reviews have been saying. Do you think it's more effective? This is kind of an opinion like question. If you, if you, do you remember that Tom and Jerry trailer that just dropped? Yeah. That's awful. Like, it's <laughs> simply, first of all, I think it's kind of cheap what they're doing with the way that they've shot it. And people have even said, like, they're not even moving the frames yeah. with the characters. This, you can tell they've put the writing first and then the characters. Like, they started writing in 2018. And then they're super meta about what they're doing in the show. For instance, in the title sequence, their song, which is super catchy, mm-hmm. it's like gender balanced, pronoun neutral, and ethnically diverse. The trolls will say we're so passe, but we did meta first. Yeah. It's like, and if we were just to go over every single joke in here, we would be here for hours. They just chalk the entire episode, like, full of them. That's, yeah. that's kind of what the show did back in the day. Like, it wasn't afraid to make fun of, like, political satire. Seth Myers is in the episode. Really? Steven Spielberg is in the episode. The first, like, two minutes is them driving up in this WB cart with all the Jurassic Park main characters there, from Jeff Goldblum to the guy who plays Alan. And then you have Steven Spielberg there, and he's sort of the park owner. And they're like, we haven't seen these characters in years. (laughs) And then, like, the Animaniacs come running up the hill. It's funny from the start. I was really happy that you assigned it to me because about, I think it was the uh, first song that they crack into after the title sequence where Wacko goes into the catching up sequence of the last 22 years that I became a fan. Like I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> the beginning of the series, like that song in particular and the first scene that you mentioned has been a basically praised by everyone even people who didn't like the show they were like this is great that song in particular took over a hundred people to make in over 240 hours right? you could tell just, so much work just, went into just it. for those two minutes 240 hours that was pretty okay yeah. this doesn't this isn't just focused on the song because later on they do another song where they're mentioning all about the retooling um rehashing like remakes basically do they mention johnny depp in that song yes they do twice um but i wanted to just name the like they have 50 shows and tv in movies that I was able to just jot down because I had to yeah, end up ahead. pausing them. I'm not going to read them all, but it just goes on from the list of like Charmed, 
X-Files, Fuller House, Murphy Brown, Melrose Place, Gilmore Girls, Lost in Space, That's What Raven, Golden Girls, and on and on and on. And then Terminator, Harry Potter, Batman, Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, it just, they, they're not afraid to make fun of their own thing. Seth Meyers' mug on it, it says yeah. smug. And he does this <laughs> thing where he's making fun of himself. Is it actually voiced by him? I was trying to see if, like, Steven Spielberg and, like, other people were actually in this show. I wasn't able to find anything, though. If you watch Seth Meyers, he actually does do jokes reminiscent to what the show does. And then he like uh, he's like, I'll, let, I'll wait for it. Like, he'll wait yeah. for the audience. But they made it really creepy where he's like, I'll wait for it. And his lips just went, mm. <laughs> and... So as I said, we could discuss the jokes in general for hours, but like we should probably just stick to the specific ones that are the best. Yeah, yeah. I guess I brought up the Johnny Depp thing because it actually came under some controversy. Because like you said, this was written in 2018. Uh, they did this because they wanted to have as much time as possible to make the fans happy because they knew Animaniacs was a, has a huge cult following. I'm actually surprised there wasn't more controversy with some of the other stuff. Like they made fun of Trump. They poked fun at a lot of people. And I don't know if they actually got, like, their permission to do so beforehand. Well, the thing is, is that the show, like, even in 1993, wasn't afraid to poke fun at, like, Bill Clinton either. Like, oh, he, yeah. they he had was, him playing his saxophone. They did that like, here, too. Oh, they did that here? Yeah. Yeah. They, and, because when they first come in, they don't know anything about the last 22 years. They're still making 90s jokes. <laughs> and so then there's a funny joke where uh, he he's, he's told, okay, this tablet has everything oh, which, on it. Oh, which one? Yako, Wako, or Dot? Yako. And so not realizing that she's actually talking about the internet on her iPad, he swallows the iPad, it links to her brain, he has a Chuck Flash or like the apocalypse guy in X-Men when he's staring at the TV and suddenly yeah. like all that flashing's going on in his head. That's what happens, and then he's able to know everything about the last 22 years. So that's the way that they catch the characters up. Yeah, and, and, then, and they wanted to put in, like, technology, I read, because they wanted to make it, like, up-to-date. They, they, again, super meta throughout the entire thing. It's very cynical. So the I, show as a whole is just, like, ragging on society in general, but it's hilarious. Right, and when I was reading some So it's reviews, like Rick and Morty, sort of. <laughs> yeah, that's it's been compared to it's that one. It's not I, like DuckTales. They mentioned DuckTales, was, but well, when, yeah. you, when you talk about DuckTales, it's, that's like a kid's show. It centers around three characters as well, and it's also a cartoon. <laughs> But it's so different. And and I have a question <laughs> about that. So do you think it's more effective to have children's shows and movies kind of doing what they're doing now where they're aging along with the audience that used to watch them when they were kids? Or do you think that it's if more they do effective? It, well, it's, it all just comes down to if, they're, if, if it's a cash grab, then it, the ending sentence for the show was... Yeah, but when we sell out, we know we're selling out, so it's cool. Because they just go over a bunch of shows that have sold out and just, just for the money because Hollywood is out of ideas. Yeah. Which is an old idea, but because they present it like a Bo Burnham song, where, mm -hmm. remember, he just makes fun of, like, country songs yeah. and stuff and yeah. points out the irrelevancies of and a lot of this stuff. And happy and what, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost exactly like that but for cartoon TV. And they bought back mostly, um, like, all the people that voice acted for the show. I went back to listen to a trailer for um, mm -hmm. Pinky and the Brain to hear if Pinky and the Brain's voice were similar, and they are. Yeah, and Rob yeah. Paulson, who uh, plays Yaka <laughs> Warner, also plays Pinky and the Brain. Were they funny? Were Pinky and the Brain funny? Yeah. Um, remember how in, like, Spongebob or any other cartoon TV shows, they always splice in, like, a title and then yeah. they go into the episode. Right. Well, this one had suspended animation part one and part two for the Animaniacs. Mm -hmm. And for Pinky and the Brain, there was one that was called Of Mice and Memes. Yeah. And it was just about the brain having invented the internet, sort of, over the last 20 years, so that he could post a cute video of himself 
and have like brainwave technology in it that would yeah. take over the thing to get onto like a show like Seth Meyers and show it to everyone so that he could then take over the world and mission accomplished, <laughs> you know? But then Pinky foils the entire of course, plan, like, like, yeah, always, like always, and, and posts a different animal at the end of the episode by mistake, and it's this pig that can predict the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's basically the end of it. But the, the funny um, website that they post the animal videos to is called Instagratification. <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. No, These are super yeah, creative puns and super creative, like... And, but but we knew this. So give me some more uh, info on the background to this show. How did it come back after so long? Well, um, there isn't a one specific answer. One uh, answer that I did read was that it was uh, the original show was put on Netflix, and then they saw how how well that was able to do, along with other things as well. Like Rocco's Modern Life came out with that one special about a year so ago. Streamer, streaming content streaming. came back. Yeah, and I think that that's a part of the reason why they put it on. But Hulu Steven Spielberg as well. is is busy, right? Like he'd have other things to be doing. Well, the original series in Pinky and the Brain had just such a huge cult following. I don't think that Steven Spielberg had a problem producing this again. Um, and I think that people wanted to come back. Like Rob Paulson, he said, what's so glorious about this experience is that we get the chance to do it again. The breadth of the fan base is so enormous. And thanks to Steven Spielberg, we're in a privileged position of bringing a little joy to the world. It referred to itself as the golden age of American animation. But when I looked up the American animation golden era, it talks about 1928 to 1960s. Yeah, the Animaniacs is kind of supposed to be a reference or an homage to 1930s and 1940s type of cartoons where, mm-hmm. like, they just kind of weren't afraid to, like, or were It's restricted. interesting because the gravestones that are in the title sequence, mm-hmm. having them, like, burst out of them from because they end in 1998, oh, yeah. their birth year for all three of them is 1930. So after I looked up the thing about the golden era, I realized that WB, though, in the 1990s really took over cartooning. So that's why they might refer to their own golden era as the 1990s. The reason that they did that is because this is actually uh, like kind of spinoff or close to the Tiny Toons adventure, which was... Which um, is just Looney Tunes, right? Yeah, it's but like they're small. Baby Looney Tunes. Kind of like Teen Titans Go, where it's like, you know, you just see them, but they're way smaller. Yeah. And so I think that that's why they were talking about the 1930s. I guess what I'm that I wasn't sure if WB Warner Brothers were actually from the 1930s. Were they even alive back then? I'm not sure. No, I mean, I know they were alive back then, but I mean, were they born around then? But I thought they'd been around for a while, like 100 Well, I years. think they're one of the big conglomerates, like MGM and now stuff like are. that. Yeah. Um, but I, wa- I want to say that, like, Ren and Stimpy, like, they, they were very, very adult shows back then that were even... Ren and Stimpy made its own adult version of its show because of how well it did with um. So it's kids. like, it's sort of like Adult Swim? Yeah, a little bit in its own way. And I think Ren Snippy was even aired on Adult Swim, though I'm not sure. I do want to say that this show has um, been renewed for season two. Yeah, uh, which it will, said it in the thing. It's It, it said it in the thing. Yeah, it had them signing a contract, and they're like, you should see our contracts, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they, it does the whole song thing and tells us everything. Yeah, and it should be released sometime in 2021. I find that funny because, uh, like I said before, it was ordered for 65 episodes back in um, 1993, and now 26 episodes now. So it's almost like whenever they bring it back, they want to give it, like, a lot of episodes. Yeah, I called like. it cynical before, even despite the comedy. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's sort of dark because what it was talking about in the last two years when they were guessing stuff they were wrong about most of it they were like there's chips in our brains and the polar bears are going to take over and we all live underground but then they were like climate change gets worse well it has gotten yeah. worse and i was like oh no <laughs> yeah i'm going to bring up why this is important in a second but i have kind of a guessing game this is where you have to pick yeah, the lie ahead. 
The FCC made this Children's Television Act of 1990, and they redid it for 2019. And there's four um, of these kind of laws, and I want to see if you can guess which one is made up. So one is um, the show has to serve the educational and informational needs of children as a significant purpose. Two is it, uh, it has to Every be... Every cartoon has to serve... A children's cartoon. Um, mm, okay. And then... The second one is it has to be 30 minutes, except that TV stations are permitted to air a limited amount of short-form programs. Uh, it th- can't be over or under? It has to be 30 minutes? I think it, I think it can be over, but not under. Okay. Uh, three is it is aired between 5 a.m. and 9 p.m. of its respected time zone. Uh, four is is a regularly scheduled weekly program except that tv stations are permitted to air a limited amount of core programs that are not regularly scheduled on a weekly bias uh, or basis sorry and i want to um say that one of these things is kind of true but i changed the numbers so okay, that's yeah a bit can pain. you say the second one again sure uh, it has to be at least 30 minutes except that tv stations are permitted to air a limited amount of short form programs less than 30 minutes long Okay, I mean, that seems like it's getting away with something there, because I can think of a few shows that are shorter, right? I'm, I'm just going to say that one. Why not? Uh, it's actually, it has to air between 5 a.m. and 9 p.m. Oh, I actually believe that one, because I know that, like, uh, Nick, Nick and Knight and, um, and uh, Adult Swim, when I was doing the research for those ones in previous shows that they do have moved their hours yeah. from 9 to 10 o'clock is when they start. And, that, and that's when it is. It airs between 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, All right. I wanted well, to, that's unfair then. I, again, I call shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, was watching Sydney to the Max, one of the things that kind of made me a little bit nostalgic was the fact that even though it was a Disney Channel show, they were doing kind of a lot of the same jokes that um, I remember laughing at or that I would have laughed at as a kid if I were to watch it. Uh, the you, characters of this show are just drawn so zany when I think back to my youth and how i would look at that i would be like no i want to spend my time watching something that's more or less kiddish but in in reality (laughs) this is it's just a surprise yeah and there's been also debate as to what kind of um animal the animaniacs are they say some people say cats some people say dogs i believe some people from the show have even come out and just said they're just cartoon characters like we're we're not gonna leave them yeah um but going back to the education educational part of the show um what the animaniacs would do and it seems like from what you're telling me it's just in their nature they would bring in people like michelangelo and einstein but they would always make them really mean or like jerks just Uh to kind of get away with like oh it's educational but they're kind of putting a twist on that i think it's educational and just a portrayal of our culture again like with the pinky and the brain storyline uh like the brain is super desperate to get likes on insta gratifications <laughs> and you know how like millions of people who post are always looking at their like right, bar yeah and then he's like looking at it looking at it and finally one like appears and he's like yes and he clicks on who it is and it's pinky <laughs> so it, it kind of teaches you that those sort of problems are if you're young i guess uh not the things to be concerned about i want to ask kind of a specific question does the show make fun of itself for being bad so that like if it's perceived as bad it no i don't think so i don't think that it considers itself bad it's not one of those shows that's poking fun it's meta to the point where it's saying we are who we are Mm -hmm. not we are bad and we don't care 
So you're saying this show breaks the fourth wall like all the time, right? Like there basically is no fourth wall. Yeah, like the first line of the show for every single character, they stopped themselves before they said it because they didn't want to ruin it for the test audiences and they wanted it to fit a certain mold so that they could explain their character for the new people and the old people watching the show. Yeah, and I, I even read uh, that's what the creator of this show wanted to do. Yeah, so. I feel like it's also mocking the um, industry of critics out there for oh, constantly... Yeah trying to say oh it's not diverse enough it's not focused enough on feminism it's not appealing to the right crowd yeah so yeah i even read a review that kind of gave it a negative um thing for that saying that it felt like it was an anti-pc show especially for kids um but i think it is a little anti-pc but also it's not saying that like it, it made fun of Trump. It wasn't right, like yeah, trying I, to say anything on the right. I know it so. goes well, goes off on both sides, which is weird, again, for a kid's show. I think that Hulu is looking at this as a big series because... Um, I liked how Hulu was an actual character in the show. Like <laughs> I, he, I didn't even know that either. In Jurassic Park thing land. Uh, Jurassic Hulu. Lark, I think, is what, they, uh, is what one of the segments is called. But go on, yeah. I was just going to say that he was a character in the Jeep. Hulu is expecting to make bank on this. One of the things that the writers weren't able to predict was COVID. They had storylines written for the Olympics. Um, and they should they still release them. I mean, they'll still be funny. Yeah, but they had to change it up. Like, also, Dr. Scratch and Sniff in one episode gets sick, but they had to make it look less I don't, realistic. I don't think we met Dr. Scratch and Sniff. We met Ralph, the security guy at WB, who catches them and sticks them in the tower. But the funny thing that they did with his joke was when he brought them to see the CEO... Um, there was a poster called Wrecker Ralph, and he burst through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. so kids will enjoy it. I yeah, think I think that you're going to meet Dr. Scratch and Sniff in later episodes, but when they have the storyline of him being sick, they decided to make him more polka dotty sick instead of actually sick like they had. I think that kind of goes with the darkness. Oh, they just don't want to make people yeah, uh, connect obviously. the two. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, it's a kid's show. Going to the reviews, uh, at first glance, it seems like the reviews are pretty positive. It has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes and has an 8.3 on IMDb with close to 550 reviews. Yeah, if it keeps, high. If it keeps on that track... Um, it should be even aren't, the original Animaniacs. shows, like, no- notoriously low-rated? Like, besides Rick and Morty, don't most cartoons well, have, I, like, I think like The Simpsons? Sh- what does that have? That's, like, an 8.8. Like, that's in the top 250. But I think that... That's a terrible example. <laughs> well, I but I was going to say that when you actually read certain reviews, it's pretty um, divisive. Uh, a lot of critics think that uh, the show has kind of lost some of its magic. For example, Vulture wrote, The Animaniacs revival is as lousy with composers as it is with writers. And Collider said, This shift in POV is not only needlessly mean-spirited and cynical, but represents a fundamental misunderstanding of the original series, Comedy Math. However, you're, you're focusing on the but you, yeah, you get the New York Times, which was talking about how the show was like really funny and like had really good voice acting. And they, they were just glad to see it back in general. Our, my opinion's based on someone who's never seen the show before. So maybe that's true. Maybe like in comparison, the show's even way better than this. And the I original think version. it might just also be something as old as the fact that like the people that were watching this were probably watching yeah, it when they were younger. So they were like, oh, the, they're going to the point same reason the why I don't like The Incredibles too. I was going to bring that up actually this I guess yeah it's it's a well-received to you and same with like toy story 4 i'm I'm just not a fan of those because they're not released when i'm a kid and also because i just think the writing's bad right so i think that like later on kids that watch this will probably have that happen with shows that they watch as of now they they certainly hope so and they sort of reflect on that in the episode what cartoon show if you could pick next um would you want to come back in some form 
Oh, man. It felt like after they started naming everything, I didn't want any shows to come back. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I get your point, and you're right. Um, I don't... Doug. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> just, just to see how they would do it. How about you? I would like to see Phineas and Ferb come back. I think that that was a pretty funny show as a kid. It's like Rick and Morty for the uh, like new generation, I kind of feel like. I want to see it return, but like Rugrats grown up. Where they have the no, grown God. up version of Phineas and Fur walking around and their faces have gone from like triangle to, uh, I don't know, octagon or yeah, something. Yeah, they were always weird. Just like, <laughs> pop. <laughs> Wellesley Wilde, um, he's the executive producer for Animaniacs and Family Guy, so he's obviously been very instrumental in the show coming back. He's also the creator as well for the new show. I'm down to my final points here, but I don't want to just repeat jokes. My favorite has to be during the song where he's telling us about things that he thinks is going to happen in two years. And they talk about a police car named Clunkers being the best TV show that's out there right now. And just imagining that, well, like, first of all, police shows are kind of being looked at with scrutiny right now. Yeah. But then having this happy-go-lucky car that's like Knight Rider just like <laughs> staring at you, it, it was it was pretty funny. Um, anything else that you want to add about the show? No. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. I think that most people are going to like this thing, even the, with the, what the critics have said. I think most people will look past it because of all the comedy. It does have an 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah. so, so far, so good. Yep. All right. Well, peace out. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.